0: This is Aldren St-Pierre on Beyond the Headline. It is 24 minutes after 3 o'clock. We're in conversation next with Dr. Chido Chase Ngere, from the UJ Institute for Pan-African Thought and Conversation. As Nigerians are preparing for the upcoming general elections scheduled to take place on the 25th of February, we look at the rise of violent attacks on members of opposition parties, security agents and electoral commission personnel and infrastructure as many people are concerned that the country may not have free and fair elections, particularly in the southeast state. Dr. Ngere, good afternoon and thank you so much for making time for us. Considering all of the Incidents that have taken place so far, including attacks on um, the Electoral Commission staff members, um, do you think that there is enough evidence to argue why this election is at risk of not being declared free, free and fair?
1: Good afternoon, and your listeners. Yes, um, it is at risk. This particular election is at risk of being declared uh, not free and not fair. Uh, But, you know, that that is also contested in Africa. Mm -hmm. We we may actually not know what it means, because the institutions that are supposed to guard against uh, governments going against democratic principles do not seem to have key to that part. So this is part of the problem. And I think we can locate it to a lack of civic education, particularly in the context of Nigeria. If we look at what has happened, uh, particularly in the past, but in the recent past, uh, so we are speaking about issues that have happened as well this year, you will realize that what is peculiar about Nigeria is intra-political party violence. Whereas in other contexts, you find normally that it will be inter-party political violence. But in Nigeria, intra-party political violence is very much uh, um, an issue which tells us that democratic transitions even within political parties are not seen as progress and this is part of the pro- problem that then gets to generate a lot of political violence prior to elections
0: but looking at the extent of this violence and also how for instance an electoral official would be targeted there's one report of an incident where um, an electoral official was was beheaded Why would they target the electoral officials if it is an intra party issue that you're dealing with? Like, I I, I saw a report also indicating that some of this violence really takes place most of the time with the primaries, lead up to the primaries of the political parties.
1: So, the way the rigging machinery works, it, it has many facets. The one facet of it is intimidation. So, of course, they will target Political figures, they will target electoral officials to send a message to say we are not happy with the way things are going and we have uh, the arbitrary use of violence Mm -hmm. to achieve our end. So, intimidation is a a great part of this election. But, with your particular question, to say why target electoral officials if it's not about intra party. Uh, If it's about inter party politics, um, it's a complicated matter because with inter party transitions, there's other interests other than just the party. Mm -hmm. Remember, this is a national office. So in order for them to get recognition in a national office, they have to convince the electoral body that the the election is free and fair. So part of the complication is that it then extends into other agencies in terms of state machinery other than just the, the political party in question.
0: So what should be on the top of the priority list of the government, because they also have a role to play here to ensure that the elections are free and fair, what should the state apparatus, the intelligence, be doing?
1: And, And this is part of the problem with Nigeria, because the security apparatus in Nigeria, they work in cohorts with these political figures. But what should be happening? I think the most important and the pressing issue that any government, irrespective of which political party will lead government, should be physically, uh, civic- Education, because when we lack civic education, we do not know how we participate politically other than just elections. So civic education is the biggest thing that Nigeria should confront itself with. Secondly, I'm glad you asked this question because if you look at Nigeria, the statistics are very fascinating. Um, So the population of Nigeria is shy of two twenty million, right? And of that, of of that uh, entire population. People that are under 30 years old are uh, com- comprised of about 70 percent of Nigeria's total population, which means we are speaking about 154 million roundabout there. Yet Nigeria fails to harness the, the youth dividend. So we have a lot of young people in Nigeria, but most of them are unemployed. They are not. Uh, they are not getting or receiving the education that they need. Yet we find in the political sphere and in the political machinery, we have uh, all the people that are contesting. So, for instance, the two contestants, uh, two in terms of the main opposition party and the governing party, the current governing party, one is seventy, one is seventy-five, right? And you ask yourself, why are young people not involved? And again, it takes us to the very issue of civic education. So those should be the priorities for any governing party that takes uh, government. It should be civic education and uh, harnessing the youth dividends.
0: Thank you so much for your time. That is Dr. Chido Chasengiere, who is from the UJ Institute for Pan-African Thought and Conversation. It's half past three, time for the news headlines.